not too long ago, we had uh, it laid upon our hearts as a staff that we wanted to do something significant in the month of November. Um, we wanted to discover what God and who God would have us invest in. So we began to just seek out um, a specific project or a specific person and in prayer and, and even made a few phone calls and, and came together as a staff. We knew that God wanted us to do something as a church to give something significant and something specific to something that He already had in store that we are not already giving to. And as a staff, we came across Miss Donna Ingvall with unashamed love. We really believe that the Lord led us to her for this morning, and she brought her to us so that we could be a blessing to her. Would you please help me welcome Miss Donna this morning as she comes, and we're going to talk with her and hear all about unashamed love and everything that's going on with it. Let me share this scripture real quick this morning. You know, we're in a series called Generous. Um, I just have one scripture and then I'm going to ask her some questions and then just kind of feed off of what she's saying. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, we went over this last week. We established that if Jesus was anything, he was generous. We understood that from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, that God desires this one thing. He desires relationship with his people. And he showed that through his generosity. For God so loved that he gave. So Paul echoes this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And, and this scripture is in your bulletin. This may be a good one for you to just kind of highlight as you uh, go through the Christmas season. Because we all know that um, after Thanksgiving... And, and guys, you look full as a tick this morning. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> Ladies, you don't look like you ate a bite. But all the men, we like that. you guys look like you had your stretchy pants on this weekend. <laughs> First Timothy 6, 18, it says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works. And generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. During this time of Thanksgiving, we wanted to bring a, a specific and a special individual and uh, ministry in here. So that we as a church could be rich in good works. Um, generous to an individual or individuals that may be in need and ready to share. So, Miss Donna... I want you to tell us this morning, just give us your heart, your vision for unashamed love, and then on the end of that, uh, less importantly, but just on the end of it, just kind of give us a, a weekly and monthly and annually uh, or annual activities that you guys do to um, reach the objective and, and make sure that other people know what the vision is. Okay. It is so good to be back here, to be with all of you. Some things never change. I think the presence of the Lord is here. The love of God is strong here. And this is the first time I get to meet Pastor Chris and Megan. And um, sometimes I just have to say this as a missionary. But when I hear his heart and what he said, 
wow, if you would know how it blesses me. You know, as a missionary, sometimes you can feel so alone out there. You have a team and you have prayer support and you have cheerleaders and lots of help, but sometimes you can feel so alone. And Eunice is not New Orleans, <laughs> but to think that y'all would care so much and have me in, thank you, thank you, thank you. You'll never know what it means to me. I'm extremely grateful. <laughs> um, you know, and I think about the ministry of unashamed love, it's all about the girls and the guys out there, the ones who are sexually exploited in our city. Um, daily, weekly, annually, it's about them. Kind of live and breathe that. Feel that it's such an honor to be out on the streets of New Orleans to be on Bourbon Street and in the strip clubs, in some darkest places of the city. What an honor it is to go out on the track where prostituted girls walk day and night. What an honor. And it's really the heart of God because people will say, that's so amazing what you do. We could never do that. But it's all Jesus. It's the love of the Father. He loves them so much that he's called and sent us out to these really, really dark places. I think um, what signifies the ministry is his presence and his love. It amazes me when we go out, whether it's... Uh, Bourbon Street and the strip clubs and in some really dark places, some dressing rooms way deep in these strip clubs. Wow. I, I say, I don't know if we bring Jesus or he brings us, <laughs> but he loves those places. And even saying that, in church, you might think, wow, wow. Could say strip club in a church? Could say that Jesus brings you in there, that Jesus is with you? Oh, but he is. He loves being in there in the darkest and the most hopeless places. What an honor, what an honor we have. So Unashamed Love is, is a ministry where you go out specifically with the objective of trying to reach and minister to some of the young women in the streets, mm -hmm. in the clubs, that are caught up in the trafficking. Can you talk yes. just a little bit about some of the specific ways and maybe even the importance of adding value to the individual yes. before you just begin to try to win their soul or evangelize them to the kingdom of God, if that makes sense. Good question. You know, these women, and there are men out there too that we encounter that are sexually exploited, and they know that everybody wants something from them. 
So when we first started going out there thinking, what do you want from me? And knowing that we're Christians, they're thinking even, um, are you going to try to shove Jesus down my throat? What do you want from me? What is your game? And it's very, very relational, Pastor. It's very relational. So we don't go out with an agenda. We go out getting to know them, like on a very personal level, meeting some of their physical needs, letting them know that we're real and that we're honest and we really love them and want to know them. Not trying to figure out just how we can lead them to the Lord. Of course, that's our, our hearts. Of course, it's our hearts to get them off the street. But we have to let them know that we're genuine, that we're friends, that we care yeah. about So it them. sounds like that you guys go out with the intention of just forming or developing or yes. maybe investing yes. in a relationship. And then you use that, a rela- you use that relationship as Jesus provides an opportunity to begin to speak into their lives or, or right. share your faith and how those things go. You said that you, you were talk, we were talking about adding value and yes. talking about yes, developing yes. the relationship. What are some of the things that you do or your team does when you do go out on the streets or however, daily, right. weekly, monthly? What are some of the things that you do specifically? It, help us if we're to encounter an individual that doesn't know right. Jesus what are some of the things that you do specifically to show them their value or their importance? That's good. We go to where they are. We go on the track where these girls walk. And we, um, I, I have to say it's so much Jesus, so much Jesus, because when we get out there, his love and his presence are strong and real. And he's so crazy about them. So we encounter them and we believe for words of life to give them. Words of value and hope because they're so used to people speaking down to them. So we believe, in, we believe the Lord for a fresh word. How does God see them? What does he call them? They've been called every ugly name in the book. They're used to people driving in cars, shouting out really ugly things to them. So we do. We speak words. We let them know that they're made in his image and how much he loves them. And that's why it's so good and so important for that we carry his presence because then they can experience and feel it. Pastor Chris, we hold them very close, like very close. I think that they're they're used to abusive touch. So I bring them close, close, sometimes heart to heart and chest to chest. And we pray and just love on them and speak words of value and hope. What are some of the things that you guys do when you said you, you minister to maybe a specific need? What, yes. are, what are some of those? Do you have care packages? Do you bring them back to a certain place? Do you take them things where they are? What, what does that look like when you say you minister to a specific need? What are some of the things that Unashamed Love does for the men and women that are caught up in these things where you get to minister 
specifically to some of their needs and what are some of those needs? You are really good at this. Good I'm doing my questions. best. I'm I love it. <laughs> and you're keeping me on track. Um, part of that, part of the relationship building and a big part is because the girls are, um, they are hungry, they're addicted, and they're pimped, they're cold, they're really needy. Most of them are homeless or very close to being homeless. So we see their physical needs, and part of it is to meet that. So we'll go out with, I'll ask them, what do you need? What would you like? What can we do for you? So we'll bring out bags of toiletries. We um, have a phone number that they can call, so we put a, a card in there with our phone number. We bring out snacks. When we first started going out, we bring out snacks. I met about four girls in a row as we went out. We try to go out as often as possible, De definitely weekly, sometimes more than that. But I went out probably four times in a row a couple of the girls knew me, a couple of girls didn't. And they said, as I gave them toiletries, they said, do you have anything to eat? I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a few snacks with me and some bottles of water. But if somebody's hungry, snacks don't cut it. Mm -hmm. So there's a Burger King down the road. And I'd say, I'll go get you something at that point. We really weren't just putting them in our vehicle. We do now. And I, so I, I'd, I'd go to Burger King and get them a meal. And they're like, I'll wait here for you. Mm -hmm. So when I saw what, they're hungry. They're cold. So we bring out scarves and hats and gloves and hoodies and jackets because they are cold nights. And they can't keep up with anything. So we bring that out to them. We, we want to bring them coffee and red beans and rice in little bowls. Gumbo would be terrific. It means so much to them that we are out there and visit them in the place of their suffering, meeting their needs. They say again and again, we know that you love us, that God loves us because you're here for us. So we look at those needs. Um, Sometimes it's a place to stay. We partner with Teen Challenge, and we've already put a girl in a motel. I'll, I'll tell you a little later about our long term, but we look to meet their physical, their immediate needs. It, it doesn't sound like, and I hope that you're, you're really engaged here, but I just want you to hear that, that nothing that she just said takes an ordination from the Assemblies of God or any other ministry. Um, right. We're not talking That's about right. a Bible scholar. That's I mean, right. I'm sure she is. If you want to pick her brain after service, you're welcome to do that. <laughs> I dare not, but I will let you if you would like. But it doesn't take a Bible college right. degree to go out and do the things that you're saying. It, it just takes, it sounds like, a burden and, and a willing heart. I have the, the privilege this Wednesday night. Uh, I think it's this Wednesday, of going to Northside. A pastor, the uh, youth pastor down there asked me to come and, and talk about the call of God. And point number one in the call of God is you are called. Every single one good. of us are called. 
And God will show us what we're called to as we are obedient and willing to be used by Him. And all the things that you just said that are providing you opportunities to share the gospel and make an impact on God's kingdom, those things that gave you that entry point, those weren't supernatural things. Now, it's not that God can't use that that to reveal Himself. And certainly He does reveal Himself in prayer and in power and the word of testimony. and, And there are people that have that ministry as well. But what she's saying any of us could do at any point, anywhere that we're willing to do it. Let me ask you another question. What can brings, I just, yes, can please, I just say this? I think the main thing, and I say this so often with the ones that we minister to as I train our team, that people, and it's not just the men and women that we encounter, and they can read if we're the real deal or not, mm. but that's the world that's out there. People that we meet in Walmart, at the bank, at the gas station, they can tell if we're real. And I try to be so aware because I want this to be my daily life where this is not just doing ministry, but that I'm looking for the lost, for the hurting, and looking for opportunities to share Jesus, to pray. Just be genuine and not talk our Christian talk. Just make it plain and honest. And in a loving way. So you're saying you don't just walk up and start shouting hallelujah and right. amen, thank you Jesus, and then start spraying stuff on them or spitting right. word or whatever. We just you just you're just ministering. Yeah. You're just looking yeah. for an opportunity yes. to minister to an individual, to meet a need, to be ready to share at any point. And that's what I love about the heart of this ministry. Tell us just a little bit what brings you um, the greatest fulfillment. In this ministry, what is your what just floods your spirit and your heart with joy, keeps you pressing on and makes you want to do this for another 20, 30 years until the trump of the Lord may sound and bring us all home, possibly next week. Let it be. (laughs) I got two little girls and we're like six years from being teenagers. So I'm believing for the trumpet to sound. (laughs) I hear you. Precious daughters. So tell us what brings your your heart joy. What, what, What brings you fulfillment? You know, a lot of it, I, um, I have a Facebook group that I post when we go out and for prayer needs, and I'd love for you to um, maybe connect with us. Sandra could add you to that group, those of you that would pray. And as I write the stories of what we see, so much of it is hard, so much of it is sad. I think, oh... Lord, give me your heart. Let me put it in a positive way because there's always redemption. And I see some really hard things. But the greatest joy is knowing that we're doing what Jesus has called us to do, going to the darkest places, declaring the kingdom of God, releasing Jesus, being used Even if it's just a couple of minutes, sometimes we can't even get out of the car. I'm talking to a girl. And to know that in those few minutes, Jesus was glorified, that his presence and his love can flow like that, doing his will. It may sound simple. It may sound like there's not much to it, but it brings great joy. No, no, no. Let me stop you. Actually, I want you to hear something that's really, really important. So often, we look for, for, for fulfillment only in the harvest. Yeah. 
Okay, so we only get joy, we only receive fulfillment if we see God do something. I want you to hear the heart of this mother of ministry here, that she receives joy in the work. She receives joy in the labor. Her fulfillment is found not just when God brings the harvest, or God reveals himself supernaturally or powerfully or uh, a whole bunch of people come. That's me, by the way. Like if I don't see the fruit, yeah. I'm like, God, what am yes. I doing wrong? Yes. <laughs> That's a lot of us. But I want you to hear the heart of this lady is that I just I find fulfillment in being used by God and just being there and being available. I find a, I find let's take it to a local level. I find fulfillment. And just being able to serve a mother in the sanctuary by watching her baby on Sunday morning. I don't need anything else. I find fulfillment in just opening the front door. I find fulfillment in just waving at the... I don't need you to do a special gift for me. I don't need God to show me all the many lives that I'm touching. I believe in Him enough to know that I get to plant the seed, water the seed. And in due time, God will bring the harvest. And she finds fulfillment in the fact that she gets to be a part of God's plan. That is huge for us. Tell us, I know you have, I know you have a huge win. Tell us a, a specific, you don't have to use names. I know that some of these things are confidential, but a story of, a, of an individual that is like, when, God, when you get down, you go back to that person or that moment or that memory. When God delivered someone out of that lifestyle gave them to you or you were able to minister to them for a little while or send them out somewhere else. Tell us your greatest individual, your success story of, a, of an individual. Even though I just said all that other stuff, I want you to tell us a harvest story of a specific win that you guys had. I was in Pensacola for years doing this ministry, moved to New Orleans starting over. So we are building the relationships, planting seed, we see God moving, and I was not back in the city a very long time, and I went out to a strip club. We went out to a strip club one night on a Friday night, and it was Temptation Strip Club, and we walked in, and I saw a dancer sitting at the bar, and she was young and beautiful. She had lots of tattoos on her arms, and she was very sassy just sitting there, and we're called to the hardest, the toughest. That's who we really, really love and see God move on. And when we walked in, the Lord spoke to me and said, go after, he said, she's mine. And when he said that, I knew to go after her. So I pulled up a bar stool next to her, kind of like we're doing. I'm like, hi, my name's Donna. Here's a gift for you. How are you doing? What's your name? She goes, Riot. Like, mm, okay, it's not her real name. Like, nice to meet you, Riot. You've been dancing long. You have children. You're from the city, asking questions like that. And she was uh, trying to let me know in a very obvious way she did not want to speak to me. And she would, she'd give me very short, curt answers. But I knew what the Lord said, and I could feel his presence, and I kept pressing into her. And she finally looked at me right in the eyes and said, you need to understand, I need to stay in the mode to do what I do. Mm -hmm. 
And the whole time we'd been talking, I'm like, Lord, give me something. Speak to my heart. And I just trusted that he would. And I said, Riot, I understand being in the mode because, girl, when I come in here, I'm in the mode. And I just sassed her back and I spoke her language. Excuse me. And um, she laughed and then opened her heart and said, uh, she told me where she lives in a seedy motel, a three-year-old daughter. Um, She told me her name, Jaron Lockhart, and I can say her name today. She said, I danced to pay the rent. And she opened her heart. She understood that language and opened her heart. I'm home one night. Sorry, this is a long story. I'm home one night, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm friends with a former dancer, and I'm looking at the news feed, and I see a news story about uh, a a dancer, and I click on it, and it was Jaron. And they said that she was missing, that she hadn't showed up at the motel, and uh, that her boyfriend reported her missing. Um, What a success story. This is, but her um, her body was found, Pastor. Um, but as let me let me just backtrack a little. As I'm talking to her, I said before we parted ways. I said, Jaron, after the presence of the Lord fell, I said, Jaron, if ever you're in a tough situation, these were the words from the Lord for her: Call on Jesus. And so as I read that news story, she kept making the headlines night after night. Her body washed up on the shore in Mississippi. But that presence was so strong that night. It was so thick. I know that the Holy Spirit brought those words back to her. Jaron, call on Jesus. I believe that I'll see her again. What a tragic success story, but it was so obviously, God, I was at a conference a few months later, and I met somebody, and they told me they knew Jaron's youth pastor, that she'd been raised in church, and the youth pastor was so down, thinking, wow, I didn't get to her before she was killed, but Jesus was there. It's tough ministry, y'all, but I believe I'll see Jaron again. How hard was it? the first time that you stepped out of your comfort zone? Because, I mean, it sounds like it, it's pretty, I mean, you, you, you can't wait to get out of the car at right. this point. But the first time, how difficult was it for you to step out of your comfort zone? Because a lot of us, many of us, I, I, statistically, um, I can't remember where the series was, but we, it wasn't too long ago we were talking about it. And over 90% of believers have never shared their faith with another individual. Um, that was according to, to Greg Laurie's series yeah. on evangelism. 90% have never shared their faith with an individual. So how difficult was it for you the first time? And maybe even what are some of the ways that you just, you just overcame that? Pretty easy for me, y'all. Pretty <laughs> easy. But let me say this. What I look for when it's not like in Walmart or the bank or the gas station. Some of those things aren't easy for me. So I'm looking 
and I'm leaning into Jesus like you do because, you know, you think about the lost that are out here. Think about the wonderful presence and this warm, loving atmosphere. And out there, they don't know him. So I'm always looking like, where's your heart, Lord? And, you know, you can see somebody sometimes and say, Oh, they look so poor. You moved with compassion. Mm. You moved with compassion. So when you feel that, lean into it and step out and just, hey, how are you? Do you know how people are ready to say, man, I'm having a hard day. And then what an opportunity to pray or buy their groceries or buy their coffee or give them a hug or a kind word. Um, it's pretty easy for me. I would say the, the, the first thing that was really hard out there when I got to New Orleans, I didn't see pimps in Pensacola. So on the track where these girls walk, I kept seeing pimps. I'm like, whew, how do we get to them? What do I do now? I'm like, we're in deep, Lord. Now, and and what that's, do I important. Do? that's important because you may reach one girl one at a time, but if you reach the pimp, of 20 girls, then they're yes. all free. Yes. And so that's significant. Yes. How do you, how, you said, oh, by the way, do we have, did we get the kind words card stuffed in the, okay, in your bulletin, I know kind words, act of kindness. In oh, your I bulletin today, you should see an act of kindness card. Um, and we can get as many of those as you want. Uh, if we don't have enough for you today, we'll get some more. We, we, we just put them in the bulletin today. But we wanted you to take, we want you to take in this series, Generosity, we want you to take that, that act of kindness card. And if you want more of those, we can get those at the office. All you have to do is call and ask. But take that act of kindness card. You talked about buying somebody's groceries or, or paying for somebody's meal somewhere or, or simply... Um, sharing a, a prayer with them or, or giving them a bottle of water or buying them a case of water or whatever it is, don't, here's what you, what you need to catch. Don't ignore the burden. She said moved with compassion. She was moved with compassion. And so it was easy for her because she was moved with compassion. But what's easy for her that's not always easy for, for me, yet I'm getting better at it, is to be obedient and move with compassion. When I do it, I'm moved by compassion. But I had to learn to not ignore the burden. So take that act of kindness card with you, put it in your purse, put it in your wallet. We can get you some more if you want. And when you do something, and they ask, why are you doing this? Or maybe they don't even ask. You just do something, and you don't expect anything in return, which is the heart of God, right? That's what grace is, by the way. It's, it's unmerited favor, the grace of God. We didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. He just gives it. So when you do that through an act of kindness with anybody in the community, just tell them, listen, I, I don't want anything back from you. I just want you to know that Jesus loves you, our church loves you, and I love you. Right. And hand them that card and don't ask for anything else. We've got to kind of begin to kind of wrap this up a little bit. And it's I know that I mean, you're talking about going onto the streets where there's trafficking and 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 um, these guys that manage these girls, I'm sure they're not probably real fond of you standing with them on the curb in their way because this is their living. 
Um, and they're certainly not fond of you being out there and, and rescuing some of these girls from being trafficked by them. So we understand that it's dangerous. Could you give us, because I know this, and you said this to me the first time that we talked, just as much as it is your heart for us to, to support you financially so that you can get some of those gift bags or take yeah. them to eat or yes. put them in a room. And, and you mentioned a building that I'm going to let you get to that you have a heart for that we want to sow into. Tell us what to pray. When we pray for unashamed love and Donna Ingball and, her t- and your team, tell us some specific things to pray when we pray for you. That's where I would love for some of you to connect with me on Facebook where we can be very specific. We pray for, I would love for you to pray for our safety, but even more importantly, because the Lord really has us, is to pray for open hearts, to pray for a great harvest. I believe for God to just show up in those strip clubs and in some crack houses and on the track for him to show up in glory. We are believing for a huge, huge harvest. Pray for our hearts as we really see some um, really tough things. If I have a minute that I can share, you know, there, there is joy in it. And um, Pastor Chris asked me, he's like, when we spoke on the phone, he said, what keeps you up at night? But what a question. Nobody's asked that before. But, you know, we go out, like last year, we went out Christmas Eve, Eve, and I was driving around because they call me mom, these girls on the street. They call me mommy, mom. And, um, so we went out Christmas Eve, and I'm like, if somebody's out there, I need to find them. If someone's out there. So sometimes we have to drive and drive to find them. We're driving, and it's like getting dark, and I'm thinking, we haven't found a girl. I guess nobody's out here tonight, Lord. And then I see a girl, and I pull my car on the, on the side, and I try to get out as quick as I can. But when I did, there was a young guy on a bike. And he pulled up really close to the girl. And he was a teenager. But he was her pimp. I'm like, oh, never saw a young pimp before. And he got really close to her. And I put my car window down. And I had a big old Christmas present. Bring wrapped gifts. Not in little Christmas bags. Wrapped gifts with bows to give to him. So I put the car window down. And I'm like... Hi, my name's Donna. I have a gift for you. And as I looked at the girl, um, she was young and she was scared. She wasn't broken yet. And she had meth sores, big meth sores all over her face. Thought I'm used to seeing girls where they cover it up with their makeup. But she was new. She was a newbie. She was afraid. And when I gave her the gift, they both looked down the street, just down the block, and there was a big pimp. I'm like, oh, she's definitely not broken. They had two pimps watching her. And I think the hardest thing is when we have to drive off. I gave her the gift. I'm like, we love you. We're praying for you. But to drive off, then it's like, what do you do? What do you do with that? We saw a pimp one night. We're driving a pimp. He is driving this girl, walking on the sidewalk. He's like doing this. She's bowed in half. 
bent in half, walking really fast. And he's just ruling. Like, Lord, what do we do when we see these? We believe for the redemption in it. But those are the things that keep me awake when we have to drive off and leave them behind. Tell us quickly, what's, what's next? You mentioned a building. What are you believing for? What are you praying for and believing for as, as you're moving forward? What's next? On the track, we look for cafes and restaurants where we can take them to eat. Because they'll say that's so normal when we put them in a restaurant. They're like, I've never felt this normal in years that I could sit here and eat with somebody. So we're believing for a drop-in center right on the track where the girls can walk in, where they can get a shower, a meal. We can love on them, pray with them counseling, let them know resources, just develop those relationships. They're looking for family. They need church. They need us. And that would help to get them in. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And right now, I just pray that we would hear from you, that we could hear your heart. I know that this is a heavy ministry and even a heavy topic, but right now, I just pray that you would help us to be open to your voice. As we're praying, I just want to ask you in the room today, I want you to know that, that if Jesus can deliver a young lady or even a young man or male or female involved in, in such an act of bondage, that what you carry is no bigger to God. That if he can set the captive free, then he can set the captive free. It doesn't matter if we're talking about trafficking or depression so in the room this morning as you've listened to the heart of this ministry with unashamed love if you need to know Jesus if you've been involved in something maybe you're carrying the guilt or the shame or the bondage of something in your past right now I just believe for Jesus to move and for him to minister in this room not just through acts of kindness but spiritually emotionally even physically Listen, if you need to know Jesus, if you need to receive His salvation for something that you've carry, you're carrying guilt over or, or you've been ashamed of, would you just lift your hand right here, right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. Would you just include me in this prayer? I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? There's hands going up all over the place. Just be part of the prayer. You'd say, Pastor, I see you, brother. Thank you. I don't want to carry this guilt anymore. I don't want to carry this shame. I don't want to be in bondage any longer. The love of God is unashamed, and I want to receive that right now today. Church, would you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, minister to our hearts. Forgive us of the things that we're ashamed of, that hold us back, Help us to follow you. Receive your salvation. Be filled with your spirit. And accomplish your will for our lives. Jesus died for us. And he came out of that grave. Because of what he did, I can live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want our men to come forward. Listen, if... If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, I, we just believe here 
in the philosophy of, of not in every way, but in this one philosophy, in this one area, we agree immensely with D.L. Moody that we should never present the gospel or an opportunity to do ministry and not present the opportunity to receive salvation. I don't want to go home and, and wonder if there was anybody in the room today. So I just want you to know that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Even if it's just call out to Jesus. If that's all you remember in the midst of your trial or even in the midst of your own sin or struggle, call out to Jesus. He is still faithful and just to forgive. You heard some of the, some of the needs of this ministry. Um, she's believing for a building. I have never, I have not done this since I've been here. But I, I just sense that this is what I was supposed to do. I was praying last night, God, how, how do I, how do I convince your people to give today? And He said, very clearly, you just ask them, and they'll give. You just give them the opportunity, and I'll do the rest. That's what Jesus said. And actually, and I've never done this before, but I am believing God right now. And I don't know where you are in this or how much it's going to be or what you feel led to give. Before we finish our Christmas shopping, before we do anything else, I'm believing to send this lady home with $5,000 today. And we're going to do our best. Can I just share quickly? My wife decided just felt led of the Lord we were talking and I said you know we stopped doing something that that we had done in the past and I don't share this to brag I just share it as inspiration I know that the scripture says you shouldn't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing but the scripture right there is talking about pride and arrogance and that's not what what's happening here and my bride felt very led of the Lord whatever project that we picked that she would donate all of her proceeds, which is a significant amount for us and our income, but all of her profit for her sales for the month would be given in an offering. And so we're going to sow that today just so that you know that we're not asking you to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. We're going to sow into the ministry. And every year that we've given up that however much it is in profit, God always brings it back over and over and over again. And He always supplements us and He always provides for us. It's just a personal testimony of what He does. So I don't want you to give out of pressure today. I want you to give out of purpose. I want you to let God purpose it in your heart. Would you take just a second and ask the Lord, God, how much, what part, what purpose can I give? How can we be a part of this ministry in feeding men and women in New Orleans and and sowing a tithe or offering, sowing an offering today in the, in the vision of a building that you're going to find. And we're going to be here when she finds it. And she's going to call us. And we're going to help her with it. I believe God has a building in this room for this lady. For us to be a part of. Now as you've purposed, as God's purposed in your heart, I'm going to pray. We're just going to receive an offering for unashamed love. And, and Donna Ingball, if you're writing a check, you can... Uh, by the way, let your spouse be a part of this, okay? If, you're, if your significant other is not here, then, then just press pause and, and talk to him between services. Maybe come back or, or you can give online. Don't give without your significant other. Let them be a part of it. But we're going to pray and, 
you can make the check out to New Hope. And then in the bottom, you can just memo Unashamed Love. Is that okay? Or, or your name, Unashamed Love. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Lord, right now, I just lift up this precious lady, this maiden of ministry to you, a mother to men and women that we'll never meet. And God, right now, I just pray that we would be obedient to your voice. And that's what we would give. No more and no less. But that we would hear even specifically what we're supposed to give and how we're supposed to pray and support this ministry. Lord, I thank you for this church. And I thank you that nothing that we sow into your kingdom will return unto you void. Nothing that we give obediently will not reap a harvest. But as we sow, we will reap as we get to be a part of what you desire to do through Miss Donna Ingvall and on the streets of New Orleans in the ministry of unashamed love. Would you bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Our guys are going to go receive. Come on, would you just give her a huge support, a hand? Praise her in the ministry that God is using her to do. And the years of ministry ahead of you, all the young women, all the men and women that are involved in this industry to make a dent. And by the way, I know that, uh, that some of you, she's going to have a table right there in the back. That's where you're about to go post. Um, if I know that some of our, our people were asking, they have a heart for this ministry. Some of you may want to know how, how you can be involved more directly besides just giving in an offering. You can go back there and talk to her. She's got some things back there available. You can ask her questions. And finally, listen, if we want you to connect with her on Facebook. We want you to. But the confidential, we have to add you. But all you have to do is send a request to unashamed love for Miss Donna. Uh, or, or contact the office and we can help you get that done. Okay, take your act of kindness card. Stand together this morning. We're going to pray a blessing over you. We're going to uh, meet people that we don't know and fellowship a little bit. Maybe even leave a little coffee for those coming into second service. Um, if your kid's under 12, you don't want them to fill up five cups of coffee before you leave today. What you got? Pastor John has more acts of kindness card. Our greeters, our, our guest services, we've got acts of kindness card on your way out this morning. If you want some of those, however many of them you want, we'll give them away. If we run out, we'll order some more. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you this day for the opportunity that we've had to hear from you, to hear about a ministry that's going on, and to support an individual that's leading that ministry. Father, I pray for every person in the room right now that you would bless us and keep us and that your face would shine upon us and be gracious to us. That you would lift up your countenance upon your people and that you would give us peace. God, I pray that you would bless us in our going and in our coming back and that everything that we put our hands to would be blessed because we do it in your name. Lord, I pray that you would burden us with opportunities to be a witness for you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come in power into our lives and help us to reveal you to the people that you put in our path. Anoint us to accomplish your will and to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Have a great afternoon.